Biological boys need to use the boys' restroom. Trans boys are boys. Trans girls are girls. A bill for public school bathrooms advances. Gender-specific restrooms, locker rooms, and showers are a safety requirement. This is planning hate and division. From IPR News, this is the weekly legislative podcast, Under the Golden Dome. The bill states a student's gender assigned at birth must conform to the bathroom they use in public schools. Speaking as a female, I would be concerned for my safety if males were allowed to enter the women's bathroom. But a parent of a transgender daughter says her child isn't a threat. She's not there to harm your children. She's just there to go to the bathroom. And there is a bill from the governor that would make certain subjects illegal to discuss in K through sixth grade public schools. It extends the restriction on gender identity and sexual activity instruction. It also states if a book is restricted in one school, it can't be available to students in any Iowa school without parental permission. This is stripping the majority of parents their rights and freedoms for the few. I'm John Pimble. This is Under the Golden Dome for the week ending March 3rd, 2023. All right, good morning, everyone. It's 8 a.m. We'll bring this uh, subcommittee to order. This week, 148 subcommittees and 44 full committee meetings are scheduled. This very high number has to do with a legislative deadline called the funnel. Bills from the majority of the committees must advance to remain viable. A bill from committees about budgets, spending, or taxes are exempt. House Study Bill 208 is an act permitting public schools to designate and allow the use of restrooms and changing facilities only by persons of the same biological sex. The House Judiciary Subcommittee is considering what has been called the bathroom bill. Republican Representative Stephen Holt chairs this subcommittee. Uh, We will alternate for and against. You will have two minutes to speak. This meeting is scheduled for 30 minutes. As is common with crowded meetings, there is a time limit for how long people can speak. My name is Becky Taylor, and I am representing Iowa Safe Schools. Uh, Founded in 2002, our organization works with over 10,000 LGBTQ students annually in all of Iowa's 99 counties. If a student won't use a multi-occupancy bathroom, an alternate facility must be provided like a single occupancy or a faculty bathroom. If the intent of this legislation was to isolate transgender youth in the nurse's office, often on the other side of the school's campus, every time they needed to use the restroom, let me remind you that Brown versus Board of Education found that having separate but supposedly equal facilities was inherently inequitable and illegal. We can't redefine nature. Patty Alexander is a former school teacher and broadly accuses society for convincing some children they were born with a gender they don't identify with. Biological boys need to use the biological boys' bathroom and locker rooms. Biological girls need to use the girls' restroom and locker rooms. Something special about me is I am transgender. And no, my parents did not make me this way. God did. Lily Bjorken is a seven-year-old girl and testifies with her mother at her side. I think you are confused about what happens in the second grade bathrooms. No one is hurting each other in there. I'm not hurting anyone in there. We just go to the bathroom and wash our hands. That's how easy it is. It doesn't matter what sex I was born as because that is not who I am now. As Lily finishes her testimony, her mother Jill says her daughter poses no threat in the bathroom to other girls. And I want you to look in her face. I want you to look at her face and tell her she is a danger because she will remember your faces when she is walking across the entire school 
She will remember your faces when her friends ridicule her when she is kicked out. Thank you. A few hours later, a similar bill is considered in a Senate subcommittee with many of the same people testifying, including Becky Taylor from Iowa Safe Schools. I had some uh, planned remarks, but I do want to say that just two hours ago, around 10 a.m., I used the restroom here in the Capitol and was asked if I was in the right restroom and if I knew that this was the women's bathroom. Taylor has short hair and is wearing a tie with a dress shirt. Just for the record, I was born female, not that that's anybody's business, but mine. And my birth certificate has a female sex marker. This bill empowers everyday individuals to attempt to police restrooms and make even non-transgender individuals like myself feel unwelcome simply because of how they're dressed, how they style their hair, or how someone thinks a man or a woman should look. Where are those who fought for women's rights and privacy? Shelley Flockhart is part of the conservative group Moms for Liberty. Gender-specific restrooms, locker rooms, and showers are a safety requirement. As a woman, to ask for anything less for me is offensive. The The separation of bathrooms and locker rooms is needed. We live in a society that just made it through the Me Too movement. Forcing girls to share locker rooms with biological males is not equity, Forcing boys to share locker rooms with biological females is not equity. I want boys to use the restrooms that are marked for boys. I want girls to use the restrooms marked for girls. Bridget Stevens says trans boys are boys and trans girls are girls. I don't know what the person next to me using the stall, I don't know what their genitals look like. I'm not interested. I don't know why we're mixing up sex and gender except for that we don't understand it in these bills. But the truth is, is that intent and impact matter in these bills. And whether you intend to hurt trans children almost doesn't matter. The impact is it will. Samantha Fett is a former school board member and says this legislation is necessary to prevent people posing as a transgender person. This is not an attack on transgender individuals but rather sexual predators that could exploit these laws in order to access women and girls in bathrooms. I resent to hell that you guys uh, who are for this bill call us predators, deviants, and social contagions. We are not. We are human beings, and we are Iowans, and we deserve better than your scorn. Amy Wichtendahl is a transgender woman from Hiawatha. She refers to the more than two dozen bills introduced this year concerning LGBTQ issues, most of which involve some kind of restriction. Time after time, members of the trans community line up and tell you how their lives will be negatively impacted, and time and time again, you choose to ignore them. So I have to ask, when did the Republican Party become devoted to the uh, full-time transgender oppression? When did the GOP go from being big government to uh, getting big government out of people's lives to playing bathroom cop? You hear the testimony of some members from the trans community and how it puts their lives at risk and you only purport more heinous bills. I think you hope that we'll all die in a gutter somewhere. Okay, I would ask you to stick to the content of the bill. This is relevant, Madam Chair. Republican Representative Sherilyn Westrich is the chair of this subcommittee. With this bill, uh, just like we protected girls' sports, you know, we protected our girls from competing against males, and we're going to go ahead and protect the girls again. Representative Westrich is talking about a bill made law last year that prevents trans girls or women from competing in girls' or women's sports teams in schools and universities. We all want what's the best for our kids, and... When we send them off to school, we expect them to be safe, well cared for, 
And this bill really does to do just that one thing. Um, you know, all the kids are going to be safe, they're going to be well cared for, and they're going to be provided facilities where they can have privacy. The two Republicans on this panel signed to advance this bill to the full committee. Later in the week, it advances from the full Senate committee, as does a similar House proposal from a House committee. Both are now eligible for debate in their respective chambers. Also this week, both House and Senate subcommittees listened to testimony about a proposal prohibiting a health care professional from performing or referring a patient that is a minor for gender-affirming surgeries or drugs. Republican Senator Jeff Edler is chairing one of these subcommittees. The bill would regulate prescribing or administering puberty blockers or any drug to suppress or delay normal puberty, prescribing or administering testosterone, estrogen, or progesterone in any amount greater than the amount that would naturally be produced in a healthy individual at their age and sex. This legislation singles out a vulnerable group of patients. Dr. Marianne Capilli is a pediatrician and president of the Iowa chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. This bill does not allow any kind of gender-affirming surgery or related medication for anyone under the age of 18, even with parental consent. My job, my calling, is supporting all patients and their families. It involves having tough conversations about sensitive matters and meeting patients' needs with compassion. Dr. Karen Olson is an OBGYN and says lawmakers need to stay out of the doctor's office when it comes to the private decisions for minors or adult patients. Clinical studies have shown that in follow-up of adolescents with child gender dysphoria who received puberty suppression, gender-affirming hormones, or both, found that none of the youth in adulthood regretted that they had taken these in adolescence. Like with the bathroom bill, a lot of the same people speak at this subcommittee like Shelley Flockhart with Moms for Liberty. Flockhart says minors considering gender-affirming procedures often have a mental illness and need therapy. Here's my question. Would we offer an anorexic girl a gastric bypass surgery just because she thinks she's overweight? Just to make her happy or not suicidal? Or would we get her the help that she needs? Chuck Hurley from the right-wing Christian organization The Family Leader says vulnerable children are being conned into getting these procedures. In search of help, they approach medical professionals they ought to be able to trust with these real challenging struggles, but instead are being told the only possible answer is to reject their God-given bodies and somehow transition into the opposite sex. The bill advances from the subcommittee and is presented to the full Senate Health and Human Services Committee. Democratic Senator Janet Peterson opposes it and says if it becomes a law, it will likely be challenged by the courts. This bill takes away Iowa family rights, freedoms, and choices. It bans them from having a chance to live the gender they themselves know to be on the inside. This bill is unconstitutional. It violates the fundamental rights of parents, children, and their care providers. Everywhere it has been litigated, including Arkansas, Texas, Alabama, and Tennessee, courts have concluded it violates the same parental rights that several Republican lawmakers have been pretending to defend. But Republican Senator Jeff Edler says this bill will stop medical providers from harming vulnerable children. Iowa has a duty to protect its citizens, especially our children. 
Children are unable to comprehend and fully appreciate the risks of life and lifelong implications, including permanent sterility, that can result from the use of puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones or drastical surgical, drastic surgical procedures. This bill advances from the Senate committee and is eligible for debate in the full chamber. A similar bill advances from a House committee. This is the Legislative Podcast, Under the Golden Dome. I'm John Pemble. This year, there have been proposals that would require public school staff to refer to children only by their name or gender as it appears on a birth certificate. Additionally, there are bills about human growth and development, expanding where some topics of sexuality cannot be discussed. The governor has been supportive of these concepts. Now she has a large bill that incorporates these topics that comes before the Senate Education Committee. It extends the restriction on gender identity and sexual activity instruction to be for, uh, for grades K through 5 or K through 6 if a district includes 6th grade in the elementary building. Republican Senator Ken Rosenboom reads portions of the bill, like this section prohibiting discussion of gender identity. If a student wants to be addressed by a different name or pronoun, they would be required to have parental consent for the staff to comply with this student's request. The amendment clarifies that parental consent is required before calling a student a different name. We struck the nickname part out of the original bill. The bill also has many provisions about books that could be considered obscene. School boards must approve new material being added to libraries to ensure it does not constitute obscene or sexually explicit material. And finally, it direct, uh, the Department of Education to write rules requiring school districts and charter schools to periodically review materials available in libraries to assure they or ensure they are not obscene or spectru- uh, sexually explicit. Books like Gender Queer, The Hate You Give, and The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian are some titles being questioned by Republicans. There are portions that contain sexually explicit passages and frank language. If a book is removed in one school, this proposal would put it on a list for all Iowa schools to require a parent's permission for a student to access the book. Books, classroom materials, programming should be determined by educational professionals that have been trained, not by politicians or extremist parents. Democratic Senator Molly Donahue says the process for a book's removal in one school district should not determine what happens at every school in the state. This is stripping the majority of parents their rights and freedoms for the few. This is about stripping control away from the local officials who have been elected by their communities to do their jobs and those who are educated to do the work to provide age-appropriate materials and activities. Senator Donahue says parents can tell the schools what book they will not allow their children to check out. Republican Senator Amy Sinclair argues the opposite should be the case, and that's what this bill will do. It puts parents in, in the role of selecting what literature their, their child their child has access to. 
by, by giving explicit consent to allow their child to access those books. It does not prevent schools from having books available to students. It does not prevent uh, uh, parents from, from approving their child access any or, or all material that is available in their, in their school libraries. But it does uh, put parents in the driver's seat of selecting that literature. This bill is using hot-button issues to attack local decision-making. Democratic Senator Sarah Trongariot says this is another area where the state legislature is taking too much control away from local districts. Parents right now have access to local school boards, administrators, and educators. These are the people they see in their communities. They get to talk to -to face-to-face. They get to build trust with, and in many cases, they get to vote for these folks. But this bill takes all of that away from local parents. It takes away their ability to weigh in and be a part of local decision-making processes. This bill requires a list of the inventory of the library's books and materials used in the classroom to be published on the school's website. Iowa public schools are required to annually assure to the Department of Education that they are teaching to Iowa's academic standards. Republican Senator Ken Rosenboom says this bill is necessary to manage how schools present controversial subjects, including content that may be considered sexually explicit. They are not currently required to post specific information, such as course syllabuses and class materials publicly, where those can be reviewed by the families they serve. In Iowa, and I've said this many times, most of our schools have continued the tradition of providing an excellent education for our children. Some schools, however, seem to have lost their focus on the proper role they should play in education. This bill advances from the Senate committee and is ready for a full chamber debate. The bills and committees like education and other policy committees need to have advanced by March 3rd to continue being viable during this legislative session. With that said, any policy proposal still can advance through a variety of ways. One common technique is to be added during the chamber debate as an amendment to any bill, even if it is unrelated. While it makes the majority of bills that didn't go through the funnel procedurally prohibitive, if there is a will in the majority party's caucus, there is a way for almost anything to become law. This is the podcast Under the Golden Dome, where we follow some of the legislative movements every week. Script editor for this episode is IPR News Director Michael Leland. There are stories filed through the week on many subjects by IPR Statehouse reporter Katerina Sostarik and Grant Gerlach. Their stories are available right now at iowapublicradio.org. So are other podcasts we make, including Here First and our talk shows River to River and Talk of Iowa. I'm John Pimble. Under the Golden Dome is a production of Iowa Public Radio.